I would be a big hypocrite if I didn't just shave myself, too. Oh, my God. You're hilarious. Oh, and it feels so good. Okay. Oh, who wants to touch it? <laughs> you saying that all day. No, thanks. Oh, yeah. Do we oh. need a shit here? Hang on. Hang yeah. on. Should I print some, oh, right? Yeah. No, you don't have to. Okay, I got it. I got trees. it. I got it. <sighs> trees. They don't make paper out of trees anymore. It's a carbon metal fiber. <laughs> Is that why it takes so long to get the Kyushi? It's made of carbon metal fiber. Here we go. Today on the Geek Help Podcast, how to enjoy a concert if you're deaf. Thanos is canon. <laughs> no Kit Bush stuff in Thor, Love, and Thunder. And we review and recommendation movies, games, shows, and music. Nerdy is the new sexy. Let's go to Big The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. Uh, I don't write dramatic when I write. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 195. We record this on Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 720 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. I'm DJ Boitano. I do the weekday wind down in the evening and I do the mixtape in the afternoon zone. Nice. I'm Paul Bacino. I host that afternoon zone. For once, I would like Bud to just, you do it then. You just do it. Why don't you do it? Why don't you just show us what you want? Why don't you act it out for us like you want us to do it? Oh, I would love that. Because you're broadcast professionals and you should understand how to finesse a script. Uh, because, oh, so you don't put the little red lines. Do y'all ever do that when you get a script? You put the real little red lines of where you want to put the emphasis and all that? Do y'all ever do that? I'm, I do that when I'm editing. Like, if it's, this is pretty straight ahead. You, you have like 10 words, Paul. No kidding. I thought that, that meant I had a spelling error. Yeah, but did you learn this in radio school too? That you, you can put like little marks up and different marks mean different things. And when you're looking at a script, then editor's you know, marks, yeah. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, for not editor's marks, like for voicing it. Oh, oh. Yes. Like, like a pipe where you want to have a more of a pause kind of thing? Sure, sure. Put a pipe. Lay that you pipe. What's a pipe? To you. Yeah, the, what's a pipe? The long straight thing. The light, like, it's a, it's shift backspace. I just know that if you write in all caps, you're yelling. Yeah, I just draw and it. And that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Okay, 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 I see, I see, I see. So because it's not in all caps, that means we don't scream the things? Yes, Paul. Okay. okay. Well, we're also like uh, billboarding here, though, don't you think, a little bit, right? Today, right? Come on, this we're is the big intro. To be like, it, it's supposed to be like one complete sentence, right? Like. Okay. I started, and we're each saying a thing, and it's just the different people are saying it. Why is your face so close to the webcam now? Okay, all right. Okay, bud, but okay. Well, let's try it again there. Let's take to it. Let's do it again. I'll put this in again. I want to see if we can do it like Bud wants it. I just really want to see if we can do this. Everybody ready? Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead, bud. Today on the Geek Help Podcast, how to enjoy a concert if you're deaf. The Thanos is canon. No more Kate Bush and stuff in love and Thunderthor. <laughs> and we review recommendations, movies, games, and shows, and music. <laughs> Nailed it! Perfect, what in there? I told perfect, you to freaking speed perfect, read it! Perfect! No, we were you just fools. taking what you let us, and we were just going down the same path. Perfect! We nailed it, everyone! Good job! Finally, a little positive reinforcement here. God, okay, bud, get a hold of this thing. <laughs> Did he say who he was yet? Huh? Oh, yeah. No, that's it for me. <laughs> that was my preamble. Was that Brian? 
Yeah, I did. I went, and then he he started. I don't know if he introduced himself, but he. Who are you? You loud man. <laughs> and I host that afternoon zone. Oh my god! A Kirsten James. <laughs> Thank God. This week on Buzzfeed Pinky Cat. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Jeez. Kirsten's got wine, everybody. Kirsten's got <laughs> wine. Ah. <laughs> uh, so that's I good. covered a okay. We're talking geek out. Okay, I, I covered a geek out that Brian passed to me, and Brian like covered at the zone.fm/slash DJ Boydano. But I, I he suggested it as a geek out, and it's a great geek out. So I geeked out about it, and it's this. I mean, the word is suit, but it's not really a suit. It's like two wristbands, two ankle bands, and a little wraparound thing um, that provides uh, haptic buzzing vibrations uh, to the different areas of your body, like your rib cage or your spine or your ankles or your wrists, depending on what kind of music goes through a soundboard at a concert. Hmm. So if you're deaf or hard of hearing, you, you can go. experience it fully. I saw Kirsten's face what? and I was like, bud, you are not setting this up correctly. Because <laughs> uh, Kirsten heard suit, vibrations, different parts of the body, feedback. haptic feedback. Yeah. She has glass of wine. Entire body sensation. Kirsten, and I her- use the word haptic specifically because it is not dirty. What is weird? Why is it dirty? No, haptic's what? dirty now. No, a we're dirty. Full body haptic. suit. Haptic yeah. is not what? A full body suit that you can wear and feel the music. Mm-hmm. So someone else, yes. Guitars on your wrists, um, vocals on your ribcage, mm-hmm. bass on your. Um, through your spine, Vocals which is kind of amazing. Over your body. Drums in your on your ankles. Like how full body? How full body? Like is it an actual Wrists, full body? Wrists, ankles, and a little wraparound thing, like a like a like a hydration vest or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. for the vocals, which like are the a chastity page. belt. And the No! <laughs> Nothing like a chastity belt. What the frick? <laughs> That's uh. what you 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 motion to yourself. I said like a hydration vest. What sure. is wrong with you? Why, do, why would I know what a hydration vest is? Okay, bud. But okay. But but okay. I think we can all agree that we'll be able to go down to the Adam and Eve store or Susan James or what have you and just like buy an attachment though, right? I mean, come on. You, bud, you you have to consider the audience when you, you, when you <laughs> yeah, get into this. Yeah, I got to know the this. room. Clearly, that's so that when I talked about this on the radio and when I wrote a blog about it, I started with the important thing, the inverted triangle. <laughs> the important <laughs> fact is that <laughs> if you're hard of hearing or if you're deaf, yeah. you know, yeah, full on deaf, you go great. to a music festival. Yeah. Remember you see, sometimes we used to see these, these people at music festivals that like do the sign language to Snoop Dogg songs. <laughs> Which is and still awesome to watch. Freaking phenomenal. That's red. Um, now there is this thing, like if you've ever seen, have you guys ever seen the movie It's All Gone Pete Tong? No. Yes. It's about this DJ, crazy DJ, um, who basically loses his hearing. Um, but he develops a system through feeling the vibrations in the speakers to be able to still mix music Mm. uh, and still, you know, enjoy himself, you know, in a club setting, in a Mm -hmm. club environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you know, a lot of like deaf, the deaf and hard of hearing community, they would do that. They would, they would go to still, still be able to go to dance clubs and feel the vibrations of, of music. But if you're going to a music festival and you're watching somebody, there you go. Yeah. Mark, Mark, and Punchy Punch, Punchy Punch. If you're going to a music festival and you're, um, 
wanting to watch, you know, somebody perform, you know, your favorite artist perform. Sometimes you can't see, like read the lips of the performer because the mic is right in, in their face. So it's, you know, sort of blocking uh, your view yeah. and stuff. So this company... Uh, sorry to take your geek out from you, bud. No, no, you're you're doing far better than I am, especially but, yeah. with the room. Yeah, with, please, with the audience. You didn't come in swinging hot with haptics, which we, we know what that yeah. is. Haptic is full, full we know body what that means. feeling suit. Like it was like I was so excited, and then you got to the end and you said it's for deaf people to feel music, and then I felt bad that I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, sexually. you should. Yeah. So yeah, if you had started with that, that's then right. I would never have gone dirty because it's <laughs> true. And well and but to be fair though, Brian did also mention an inverted triangle, which is also a lot of fun. Paul <laughs> oh That is a vagina. Paul Kirsten <laughs> Jesus. Were you doing the tongue tube in the <laughs> in the zoo? <laughs> he ran out of the room. I've lost all control of this podcast. You totally did. Okay, so <laughs> they have developed. Um, it it basically does look like a, a suit, but obviously not something like like a full suit that it would be like really warm at a music festival. So like if you were to wear this at Lake Town, you'd be sweating your balls off. Um, <laughs> it, it's ba- maybe but, intentionally. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it was developed uh, with the uh, the input from the deaf community, and what it does is that like say if you're experiencing. Uh, if you want to experience the music of a full band, but you are deaf or hard of hearing, uh, it basically sends signals to certain areas of the suit depending on what instrument is being played. So again, like what what were you saying? But what was the list? If it was drums, uh, so drums on the ankles, yeah, guitars on the wrists, mm-hmm. vocals in the rib cage, bass mm-hmm. along the back, yeah. And it varies based on uh, tempo, uh, pitch intensity, uh, kind of thing. Um, like there's there's texture to it. They brought in. Um, a deaf vocalist who really brought out the nuance of how the 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 sound should be translated to the vibration of the different uh, on the different areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, um, yeah. So the the whole experience because this experiment has been going on. I guess the 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 concept of this had been going on for years, and they've been mm-hmm. trying to develop this for years. And they've just recently, I forget what music festival it was. I wrote about it in the blog. But, yeah, Grand um, Hoopla, or uh, yeah, Grand yeah. Hoopla. So it was like it's kind of like a dance music festival, Mighty Hoopla, Mighty Hoopla, and that's in the UK. And they yeah. they sort of took this thing for a test drive and they had somebody go out to the festival and experience this. And they, they actually, the company um, teamed with, uh, I guess it's like a mobile phone company. Vodafone. So that, yeah. So they, they could put uh, 5G chips in the suit to, so that no matter where you are in the crowd, you will never lose the signal. Uh, you can watch from wherever you feel comfortable watching this, the, you know, the performer on stage and still feel the music. Yeah, it really gave me a sense of all the cogs needed for a project like this. Like it started with the Not Impossible Company who came up with the concept and the prototypes, and then they brought it to a manufacturer who like streamlined it and like assembly lined it, miniaturized it, gave it the branding and everything. And then they went to Vodafone to make it effective over a much larger area. So it's, uh, you know, and again, process has taken years. Kirsten is having a sneezing attack. Has anybody ever seen the movie? Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes. No, why? <laughs> I'm Richard Dreyfus. I wasn't just really because this is the same thing. This is um, it's interesting that you said all gone Pete Tong because it's the same thing. He's a he's a orchestra 
conductor. What are they called? Conductor. Mm-hmm. And then his son is born and his son is deaf. And it's like very devastating to him that his mm-hmm. son will never hear. Yeah. And then the and then for Mr. Holland's opus, like he he creates like a kind of a system so that his son can feel all the vibrations and everything. Yeah. Wicked. The yeah. music. So Yes, all sexual jokes of and other uses of this suit aside, this is really cool. But like if I was a deaf person and I wanted to wear it, is this like is it like a like how do I do I have to apply to wear it? Like how does one get access to this? See, suit? That's been the interesting thing of following the story. I'd say we're probably maybe <clears throat> two to three years away from like commercial availability, but this is what all their tests are for mm-hmm. is to see how viable and scalable an idea like this So this is. was the first test at an actual music festival. And uh, I guess by through the report that I was reading, it seemed like it was going very, very well. Um, and then they did a test that, that there's a video I posted of uh, just of the process of making this thing. And they did an initial test in like a nightclub as well with a, I think they used a bunch of suits and it was like half of the people in the nightclub were, you know, hearing abled and others, the other half was deaf and they were all able to in, experience the music all the same. And they gave a suit to the sound guy so mm-hmm. he could feel what the audience felt, which was brilliant. Oh, yeah. um, this this just makes me think, too, of like how, you know, you might hear or feel music as a deaf person. And it just it makes me think of Stranger Things. This will make sense in a second, because I watch all my TV shows with closed captioning on and the closed captioning for this season of Stranger Things Wetly. for the music Squelch. has been... <laughs> so weirdly specific like there was something last night it was like menacing industrial synth music and mm, i was like nice, i'm a deaf nice. person and i'm reading this like what what does that even mean to me because then there's like there was a lot of like eerie and settling music plays um so i wonder what that feeling is like to to be able to like feel that music and that sensation like i wonder what that's like mm-hmm. Well, thank goodness for coming soon. (laughs) Hocus Pocus 2 is going to be a Disney Plus movie with all the original uh, uh, witches? Are they witches? Uh, September 30th, Zoner Mary brought this to us. And okay, this uh, is, Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, it's fine. I was going to say, just like like those the lightning quick glimpses of of the three actors, so... So weird because they have been like teasing this for years, like fans have made posters like, oh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, so it's weird that it actually is happening and it is also very weird to go back and watch that movie because I liked that movie a lot when I was 1993. a 1993. If you go back and watch that movie, man, it is weird. It is all about like a, they need to sacrifice a virgin child mm-hmm. and like the, the kid in the movie is like, I don't know, 16 or something like that and there's a lot of talk about if he's a virgin or if he's not a virgin and what's a virgin and yeah, 1993. Um, so it's weird going back and watching that and being like, how did Disney make this movie? So yeah. much of that stuff, I think, just went over our heads as younger yeah. folk. 
Yeah. I think oh, was no, it a- I full on like remember being asking my mom about what that meant and why oh. they wanted a virgin, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like it's like a central core to the plot. It's not something that like you could like they mention oh, once you can't and then gloss you forget. Over it. No. So it's weird <laughs> going back and watching it, but um very excited. Like I've have a lot of nostalgia for that movie. So yeah, and it's Midler cool. It's cert. gonna be Sorry, I was going to say, it's going to be cool to see Bette Midler in something. When's the last time she was in something? Exactly. Yeah, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kath and Jimmy all back in their original roles. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Cast is, I mean, it was stacked back then. It's even stacked, more stacked now from the three of them. It'll be interesting to see who they get for the, like, supporting characters and if they get any of the other originals back. Like, isn't it it Anna Paquin or who's the little girl in that movie? She's like, she was a pretty big name, you know, child actress at the time and pretty positive. Do you, do you ever, I don't remember it being a big name. I don't, I'm sure Bud will IMDB it while we're checking, looking. Checking, checking. Well, anyways. Oh, Thor, Thora Birch was oh, in Thora it. Oh, Thora Birch. She was I in um, American America, The Roses poster. Um, yeah, that's the only name that I am seeing that uh, would be of that age and of that stature. Oh, Doug Jones in both movies. Know. Yeah. Who's yeah. That? Yeah, you don't know who Doug Jones is until you know, like, he's like the creature guy. He was the fish in um, Fish movie. He was um, the fish in the Hellboy movies, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, um, yeah. Really good at fish. The fish guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's also Saru. He's also uh, Commander Saru in uh, Star Trek Discovery. That's right. Yeah. Where he's actually. Yeah. He's a fish in Hellboy as well. Is he three fishes? Abe Sapien. Uh, Yes, I guess he is. Um, yeah, anyway, it will be interesting, but I wonder if they get Thora Birch back. Right. Good question. Not in the IMDb list, but you never know. Probably not, though. And next up, a Who's the Boss sequel is coming with Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano set about 30 years after the show. Nice. Thanks, Sonar Mary, for this one. Oh, that's so great. They, uh, but none, no one else. That's uh, the, I mean, that's those are the only ones confirmed. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I, that, that's who you want anyway. So that's just fine. That's so what great. they they're moved on to a new house of rich white people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there? oh right, because that was the dad and daughter, right? Yeah, right. Of yeah. course, of course. So the dad's now retired. <laughs> um, yeah, and the daughter's now the. Boss, is boss? She the boss, the who's the boss? Who was the boss? The Angela. Boss. No, Angela was the, the wife. Like, the, yeah. the, not the wife. The like nope. the the divorcee. Well, she's, she's yeah, the, 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 the lady house. that owned the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she lived with her mother, Mona. Mona, who passed away. In who was the boss? Mona so was the boss. No, she did. Did Mona live there at the house? Either she lived there or she was. Yeah, she was just recurring. She was always there. Yeah, she's yeah. Very she was close enough to be her action. Yeah, yeah. And then they moved in because Tony was like the housekeeper. Yeah. And he had a daughter. Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. So, yeah, interesting if, like, what's the plot going to be 30 years later? What well, they- because it wasn't the whole point and premise of who's the boss was after however many seasons it was on TV. Don't Tony and Angela, like, hook up? Doesn't that how it ends? Yeah. They get married, right? Yeah. So yeah, what that happens sounds about here? right. 
So what? I, so so it turns out Tony was like uh, playing the long con after all, and he like <laughs> he swindled her. He swindled her. Finally, like stole all her money and like ran away and like get the daughter and run and and now they're like off in like some other like in South America or something trying to pull the same con on a different family. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Like, and, she, and Alyssa Milano is still trying to play a teenager. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, and then man. the like the the Interpol is after him, and he's like, hey. Oh, 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 hey, hey, yo, Angel, hey, oh, Angel, what? Okay. Okay. Um, and <laughs> great insight. Great insight. <laughs> right? Yeah. I just I have very few memories of the actual show. Just it being on, on TV, and I know, I remember I liked the theme song. So What's I'm the glad, theme song? Glad we, just, we just heard it. We just heard it in the podcast. Oh. Oh, right. Of course right, we did. Right. Yes, yeah. thank and you. And it was thank great. Thank you for digging that it, up. Yeah, we loved it. It was great. How come I'm thinking, though, I'm thinking of uh, Alan Thicke. Show me that smile. That's growing pains. Isn't it was. It? They were on like at around the same time, yeah. and like, that's funny because you said that. I you know, like because of course that theme is put in post production. We're not actually hearing it now. All I can think of is a theme from Silver Spoons, which I'm sure all of you are too young to are remember. Face but to face, for whatever reason, that is era stuck onto that uh, that show for me. Anyway, uh, night indie. Who's that? Hi, Andy. Hi, hi buddy. Hi, hi buddy. Oh, yeah. remember me? Yeah. Remember me? Say Sprigatito. Say Unky oh, Ball. He, he, he Say Unky care. Ball. <laughs> unky. Oh, don't touch the buttons. Don't want to touch the buttons. Don't touch, touch, touch all the buttons. Touch all the buttons. That's the best part of the podcast. <laughs> Yay. Oh, hey, buddy. I think I cut baby time. Oh, you say hi. Hi. Oui. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Oui. Oh, oui. Okay, good night, Thank you. Bye, buddy. Bye. Nice to see you. Right. She's pouring more wine. Return to Monkey Island. Not a show or a movie, but a game. A long-standing point. Kristen, is game. that your wine pour face? Is that... Oh my god. <laughs> it's just mouth open. Podcast. Oh my god. Lucas right. Arts is back with uh, Return to Monkey Island published by Devolver Digital. A new interesting sort of animated look to it. Uh kind of flat um yeah, weird marionette kind of uh thing, but I think it fits from Monkey Island game coming out on Nintendo Switch and PC at some point. This oh, year. Okay, there's no no release date yet. No release date yet. Oh, I am so excited for this. Yep. I want it now. Yep. Please gonna be great it's gonna be great yeah i heard a lot of people were disappointed in the in the art style because it wasn't that like regular art or something like that but for the first two seconds so was i and then i I just looked at it and i you know no knew the world and i'm just like no no this fits this fits monkey island definitely so in not coming quite as soon dune part two has been moved a whole month from October 20th, 2023 to November 17th, 2023, because Hunger Games, the ballad, sorry, Hunger Games, colon, the ballad of songbirds and snakes is coming out on October 20th, 2023. So no. Dune does not want to go up against Hunger Games. Do they think that there's like a, like circle bar graph diagram scattered diagram. chart of Zen that? Diagram. That that will matter? Ben Garden. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of demographics, like Dune is probably an older predominantly male audience and Hunger Games is probably a younger predominantly female audience so they may not particularly cannibalize each other um, but you never know friend groups being what they are you go to two movies guys 
right? There's seven days in a week. Studios don't see that. There's 24 they, hours in they a day. Everybody's going on Friday night. Those are the numbers that they, they give to Variety, and then the, the movie is dead. Yeah, okay. We but, go on Thursday nights. You know what we haven't really discussed too much yet is like, what's happening to movies right now? Because I know we've talked about it a lot in past, but I feel like it's it's speeding up the craziness that's happening these days with movies and, and movie theaters and whatnot. Don't you reckon? Like, like holy smokes, um, this group... Grew, 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 grew. This minions thing. Do you know about gentle minions? Gentle minions. Right. I'm sorry. What? The the trend, the TikTok trend of wearing a suit to a minions. Oh yes, yeah, that's pretty funny. I like that. Cheering. Yeah, but like between that and then you got Morbius. Also, it's like no one knows what's going on with these movies anymore. And like that Minions movie destroyed at the box office this past weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, it's never won it. Like I think like two or three times what Mission Impossible or not Mission Impossible, what Top Gun got. But I mean, Top Gun's also been out for weeks and weeks and weeks. But still, okay, no surprise. Minions knows their audience. I know that like Buzz Lightyear didn't get Cougars. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, the Minions audience is Cougars. What, isn't it all the cougars that share the minion memes all the time? I yeah, right. She's right. Is that who's going yeah. to see those movies though? No. And they're bringing the young children with them, dressed in suits, as their excuse to watch the minions movie. As their partners, maybe. <laughs> okay, that's getting too weird. This now. is weird. <laughs> Anywho, between no, but like, Morbius, but yeah, the middle-aged women will go see it because they are in love with minions for some reason, and then all these kids who are like 20 years old now will go see it because minions came out like 10 12 years ago the original movie so that's like oh. their 20 year olds movie. have nostalgia now uh, they have nostalgia now and mm. they're and they have they have nostalgia and money to buy suits to mm-hmm. show the nostalgia well, that's the thing so good like, for them. paul your point is that you think that the people doing the tiktok trend thing and wearing the suits to go to minions and being loud and obnoxious that's what's that's the money that's that they're raking in for this movie i don't think that's that but i i just think that like something's up it's like going to the movies is not what it used to be. Now it's like it's just as easily a prop for online shenanigans, and that's what I was trying to say. Like Morbius, mm-hmm, the sure. whole the whole trick that they played on a major motion picture studio oh, to put Morbius back in the theater, and now this freaking Minions thing where people they buy a ticket to go and do that, like. I don't know. I'm not saying it's everything, but it's just like, what is up? Like, mm. pan- like it was already movie theaters were becoming this weird thing and movies were slowly drifting online and there's that whole argument and discourse. And then now, now I think pandemic like broke everybody's brain about going to the movie theater. Do we do that? Do we love that? So like we all love doing it still, but I think a lot of people are not doing it unless, unless you're Top Gun or unless there's a joke involved of some kind, like an online joke. It's, I just think it's weird. I just think it's another well, weird thing that's happening with movie theaters. I think we are being more selective over what movies we go to. Mm-hmm. Like that was the one thing about this pandemic is that that it did. And I remember talking about this before the pandemic is, is that like I think we're going to get to a point where people are going to be a lot more choosy over what move, like movie they go and watch in theaters. So you're not going to ha- really right. have a lot of the art house ones really sticking around very long in theaters. For You know, and, and that's Part of me thinks that's a shame, but I'm also part of that demographic that only goes for the top, big top guns and the Marvel movies and stuff, unfortunately, just because mm-hmm. that, that's that's what I want to watch on a big screen. Sure. Um, so 
that pandemic has done that to us, right? Because we we're now sort of having to be a little bit choosier as to what we go to and sort of risk our lives and our health <laughs> to go and watch a movie, you know, in a movie theater for. Uh-huh. Um, so like, it, you know, I'd love to watch a lot of those art house ones, but then it's just like, if it, if I can watch it and enjoy it just as well on a small screen in the comfort of my own home, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but the, the I think the meme thing is kind of separate. Like the the Morbius thing, I don't even know if the whole point was to like make them put it back in theaters. It's just that they reacted to the memes, uh, and then they they put it back in theaters. I think that's more of a thing of trolling the uh, the old sort of Hollywood executives, right. you know, that are in their boardrooms and not in the real world. Right. I, well, that's all I'm saying. I think it's yeah. a, we, an interesting little crossroads we're at here where there's a lot of stuff happening all at once and they're all kind of leaning in on each other and affecting each other in a certain way. And then we have decisions like this. Oh, better not put Dune 2 critically and award winning and acclaimed box office huge smash. Oh, better not put it up against Hunger Games, Hunger Games prequel no one asked for. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just something something tinky. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Something tinky. All right. On to geek news proper. So this is um, this is a weird one when you dig into it. Um, Christian Bale conver- confirms, quote, Kate, Kate Bush stuff was cut from Thor Love and Thunder. So apparently they were talking about a, 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 a dance uh, in in the film. Um, and he says, this is an interview with Deadline, uh, you know, A, he says, I think he just realized that was never going to be allowed to be put in the film. Um, all right. So a, a dance involving Kate Bush stuff like there's no there's no further, um, you know, explanation from that. But he goes on to say, I would say the most common thing I was staring at while preparing for the role was the Aphex Twin video of Come to Daddy. But I don't even know if that will be in the final film. Now, if you know Aphex Twin and if you know this video, um, super creeptastic and now, yeah, I kind of get a little bit of parallels in, you know, the physical look of Gore the God Butcher mm. compared to the Thin Man uh, who comes out at the end of the Come to Daddy video. Um, and then, you know, Leaf Blower screams at the old lady. You've probably seen like a still of him screaming and her hair straight back. Weird industrial 90s sort of um, music. Um, so yeah, I get a little bit of, you know, the, the similarities physically, but that they were going to do some sort of musical number with this is interesting and weird and funny. And maybe I'm also glad they're not doing it. Um, but one other thing he said was um, he, he didn't know what the Marvel Cinematic Universe was or the the MCU acronym. Uh, he says, I'd read that and people would go, oh, look at this. He's entered the MCU. And I'd go, I've done what? I haven't entered. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I'm like, the MCU? I had to ask what that was. Very quaint. Thank you, Christian Bale. That's adorable. Indiana Jones will apparently be John Williams's last movie as composer. And maybe Harrison Ford's too. But no, no confirmation. Rumors and hearsay. Rumors and hearsay. And I mean, yeah, not- I thought he was done already, but that I guess that right? was just Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how many freaking times is this guy gonna retire already? Just go. As I said <laughs> to someone just earlier tonight, just go. Um, but um <laughs> 
Yeah, well, well, he's he's a legend, you know, so... He says, I don't want to be seen as categorically eliminating any activity. I can't play tennis, but I would like to believe that maybe one day I will. So, um, John Williams probably out of music to play tennis. So, here's some good news for the internet. Paul Rudd and his his character of Ant-Man has officially commented on the how do you say it? Thanos? The Thanos uh, internet meme thing? Thanos! Um, this, this comes from uh, a ride, uh, the what is it? Disney Wish Worlds of Marvel show. And um, so he and the Wasp are in this sort of thing and they're talking to people who are um, in the Pym restaurant and, and he brings it up and uh, there's no real explanation but he's, you know, he's just like he addresses it, which I think is very funny for the internet and um he, he goes on to say something like uh, you know the pro- the process will be quite complicated and then um uh, hope van dyne is like oh i'm sorry we don't have time for that and moves moves him along but kind of amazing and i love it that you know disney and paul rudd you know i probably the only guy who could pull this off kind of turned on a dime to make this happen and put it out into the world and now they're getting more headlines for it it's great cute should we save this Master of Puppets thing for a little Stranger Things chat in R&R? Sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, this is silly. Um, after watching his kids marathon watch TV, that means that James Cameron says he's had enough of hearing fans complain that they can't sit through his three-hour movies. Uh-huh. So that's his parallel. Uh-huh. That's why. This guy is yeah. like, whatever, you guys binge watch eight hours of TV shows. I see my kids sit there and binge watch five hours of TV shows. You can oh. sit through one three-hour movie. James Cameron, <laughs> your fucking kids are probably pausing that shit mm-hmm. and getting up to go to the bathroom and get snacks and do everything. And they're in their comfy couch. And like, what are you talking about? And your kids also, James Cameron, probably <laughs> have... A fucking movie theater in their house like right. they probably have like really comfy recliner chairs they probably have like a servant like i don't know like of course you yep. don't get up for five hours like dude don't make avatar three hours long and they get mad because i'm mad that it's three hours long and it's too long mm-hmm. let me pause the movie if i can pause the movie then that's fine or get all of us a servant yeah, all of us a servant at our own movie theaters in our houses. You Thank can afford you. it. Yeah, dude. Well, okay. Kirsten makes some good points here. And then to look at it from the other way, too, of not of like not just the specific situation of how you're going to watch this stuff. Because, I mean, you know, you could just watch the movie in the, in the home theater as well, right? So, but, but I think it's – if we look at the actual th- pieces of art themselves – a TV show is different from a movie, dude. And TV shows have these like little cycles. It's like a, it's like a it's style of storytelling. So if you want to make an eight-hour movie, do it, man. Go ahead and go ahead and do it. Cut it up into eight into eight different hours, and then they've got to have like their own kind of three acts and cycles. And that's that's what's enjoyable. For some reason. You know, it works. I'm sure if we just thought about it for a second, we'd realize why it works for TV shows, even if you do decide to sit and watch the entire thing for eight straight hours. But a movie is a different thing, and you can't just do that. It's not the same at all. You can't draw that parallel, right? Am I totally off base on that? Like, I know it's just we're just sitting and watching a screen, and it's going in our eyeballs, but, like, come on. That's different, right? 
That's a very silly thing to say. Yeah. Why does James Cameron make such long movies? Titanic was on two VHSs. (laughs) Here's here's the quote, which won't help him his case at all. Quote, I don't want anybody whining about length when they sit and binge watch television for eight hours. This is an an interview with Empire. I can almost write this part of the review. The agonizingly long three hour movie. It's like, (laughs) give me a break. I've watched my kids sit and do five one hour episodes in a row. Here's the big social paradigm shift that needs to happen. It's okay to get up and go pee. This is what he says. And miss part of the movie. It's not not even just about peeing. And yes, miss part of the movie. Yeah. What? Yeah. So your movie is boring enough that I can go pee whenever I want. But you just make it shorter. Yeah. You were supposed to believe that you're agonizing over every little cut and frame of this thing and making sure it's absolutely perfect. And then you tell us, "Eh, just you can go. You're not missing anything. This is trash. This is trash. You just go pee. Just just go pee. Come on. Ridiculous. It's so silly. That's such that's such a weird argument. Yeah. All right, listener mailbag to geek out at the zone.fm. Zoner Ewan writes, I just or I started watching Only Murders in the Building, presuming season two, on Disney Plus. It's been great seeing Steve Martin and Martin Short in a comedy again. I'm only three quarters done, but it's pretty good. So solid six from Zoner Ewan. Yeah, I liked it too. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. And that leads us fully into our reviews and recommendations, starting with Brian's 91 second movie review of The Man from Toronto. And now, a zone at 913, 91 second movie review. 5, 4, 3, 2, and... Action! When it comes to The Man from Toronto, I suspect viewers will have about as much tolerance for the film as Canadians will have for the several times the main characters pronounce it, Toronto. The film stars Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson in a cat-and-mouse buddy action flick where a comedy of errors leads to a case of mistaken identity, violent and comedic situations arise, and if you stick around to the end, you've managed to kill about an hour and 50 minutes. On the surface, there would seem to be enough in this movie to get someone scrolling through the Netflix menu to hit play. But if you see this as a Kevin Hart movie that could make you laugh, you'll likely be disappointed. There were times that I did laugh, but the majority of the comedy felt forced, like they really strained themselves to extract even the tiniest of giggles. We've also seen Woody Harrelson plays similar characters, a brooding and skilled pro who can handle himself in dangerous situations, but also has some comedic chops to be entertaining enough. That in itself could be a deciding factor to watch this film, but unlike his other seemingly identical roles, Harrelson's character in The Man from Toronto is fairly one-dimensional and not super dynamic. The story is also pretty choppy, stringing together a series of plot conveniences to move our characters from one action sequence to the next. And while most of the action scenes are okay, the special effects and often an obvious use of green screen are bad enough to take the viewer out of the film almost every time. There was this action sequence in the third act that I really enjoyed and thought was pretty damn great, but it feels like there's a lot of movie to have to sit through before you can even get to it. Netflix seems to have a knack for delivering big names to its plethora of action and comedy films, but if you tally up the score of hits to misses, they seem to show a greater ability of wasting talent. Cut! That's a wrap! Oof. You can find all of Brian's 91 second movie reviews at the zone.fm slash movies. That does ring awfully true, doesn't it? That part of the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Um, also, um, yeah, that's a shame, hey? <laughs> but yeah, that's the, that was the big story, I guess, that came from this is uh, 
Canadian Toronto. <laughs> Even in the trailer, he's like, I am the man from Toronto. And you just like, no, you're not. <laughs> nope. No, you're not. No, you're sure not. As the first thing. Yeah. If you did that as a spy, that you'd be like over. If you were like undercover. You'd be shot right there. <laughs> that yeah. was like, that was a scene in Argo. Remember that? No. Because like, they, they were given Canadian passports and they were like Canadian filmmakers. Right. And they were doing like like a test period with Ben Affleck's character. And then he's like, where are you from? And then the one guy says, Toronto. And then he's like, Ben Affleck's like, no, drop the T. They don't say, they don't say the T. They don't say any of the T's practically. Yeah. It's like Toronto. 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 Yeah. Toronto-saurus. But, oh, no, no, what I was going to say, Brian, is that, like, uh, it's too bad because you had a string of words there that if I was just, like, half paying attention to a trailer, I'd be like, oh, 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 like, it was, like, what would you say, wacky hijinks and Mm -hmm. um, high stakes, something or other and all that, you know, it's like. You were oh. clearly listening to the nice game. Do you mean like a cat and mouse bu- buddy action flick where a comedy of errors leads to a case of mistaken identity? The, yeah. He's got I the thing in front of him. He's got oh. it in front of him. Good Don't memory, pres- bud. No, Great no. job. He's, Brian writes it out. It's on the internet. Absolutely not, bud. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but, Caboose for bud. F8. No, no, no. No, no, no. But that's right. That's exactly right. As, as Those words make me feel like, oh, I want that, but. Yeah, I know. It, like, it could have been a fun premise, but yeah, like, the first scene is this thing with with Kevin Hart, and it feels you you, you sort of cringe from you. You feel bad because you know he can be funnier than that. Yeah, but it's just maybe the material that was written for him, and it's like, hey, you know what would be funny is if you did this, and it really, it really, it, like it. It's like they were straining for a laugh. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, we missed uh, last week. Thank you for your patience. So we've built up a couple of reviews and recommendations. We're going to start with Fantastic Beasts, colon, The Secrets of of Dumbledore from Kirsten. Oh, yeah. Jeez, it's been a long time since I've watched this now. So this has already been reviewed and recommended by Art and Paul. So just to get in my Harry Potter fan version of it, Paul, could you remind me what your review was? Bad sucked. This movie sucked bad. (laughs) That <laughs> so, sucked. So, and it sucked bad. Yeah. How, Brian, long, you, how many seconds did that take me, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, bud? <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me tell you. Brian, that have, sucks. Have that you movie sucked it? bad. Have your kids seen it? No, no, and no. Okay. But it's so okay. This movie is. Sorry, go ahead. You no, know, no, I was saying it's okay. You go, you go for it. And, oh. So this movie is like. Uh, I don't want to go as far to say it sucked. It sucked bad. But I think I remember specifically Paul and Art complaining about it was very difficult to follow what the fuck was going on. And me as a Harry Potter fan, as somebody that like knows the magical world, that knows what's happening in these movies, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, and no. why are these things happening? And this scene makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. what? what is happening? The sad part, though, is like the movie itself, like the direction, David Yates does a great job. He knows how to do these Harry Potter movies. He's he's like, he, he knows what he's doing. Um, there are some really great scenes in it, like magical world building scenes. Like, Paul, I don't know if you remember, but there's this one where they're in the prison and they go to break out like the brother has been in the prison and they have to like act like those like scorpion dudes and do that stupid dance. Yeah. 
That was in a prison? That, is- that was a prison? Yeah, see, and this is what I mean. Like, it was a really cute scene. It was really added to, like, the magical world building. Mm-hmm. Like, it was great. It was fantastic beasts. It was funny. It was everything. But it made no fucking sense. There was, like, wow. it, it was, like, why? Like, there was, like, this sub. So the the brother is kind of a spoiler. The brother gets captured. And they have to go rescue him. But, like, there's no setup to, like, why he's in like a deadly prison with like these it's not azkaban right it's some other prison and he goes to get them and like the prison guard says something like oh they never come back but there's no explanation it just it's just a mess it is Mm -hmm. a mess and it's really sad because they've got some really great moments in it and it's so weird because like i enjoyed the movie but i didn't know what the was happening in half the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's hmm. true. That's true. I wanted to enjoy it very much. That's a shame. And it was very long too. It's like two and a half hours. Stop um, it. So yeah, I know. And, <sighs> and and like the acting is good, the 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 direction, the filming, everything. But it's just okay. This is what this movie felt like to me. If you're a Harry Potter fan, it felt like in um, is it the Chamber of Secrets? No, no, it's not the chamber. Which, which is the one with the time turner where they time travel at the end? It is Prisoner of Azkaban. Is it Prisoner of Azkaban? Uh, yeah, Prisoner uh, of that's, Azkaban. That's right. This movie felt like it was trying to do what the Prisoner of Azkaban did in so much as the Prisoner of Azkaban sets up all of these things. And then they're like, oh, no, we got to use the time turner and go back in time to fix those things. And then you're like, oh, that's why X, Y, Z happened. And you kind of like you get those realizations through the movie. The Secrets of Dumbledore is supposed to be about like Dumbledore being this like really great kind of like not all knowing, but like very clever wizard that sets all these plans in motion that you don't know about. And then none of the characters know about, but you know, like Dumbledore's grand plan is going to come together in the end and it's all going to work out. But it never had any of those payoff moments. You weren't like, oh, that's why Dumbledore did that or Oh, that's why he said that thing. It just, it was a mess and it made no sense. It was so weird. So like you, you would, would have wanted like reveals like a heist, right? Cause there's yeah. these, these things that don't make sense and they seem to be seated, but then there's no payoff from those. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, uh, exactly. And wow. it's like, I don't know what they could have done to fix it. Like it, I don't think it was like a problem with exposition or anything like that. Cause I, I think no. all the reviews and everything I've read have said, has said how much of a mess it was. And me as a fan, am like, what is going on? And it just needed a couple more of those like beats written in where they were like, Oh, that's why Dumbledore did this that's why they did this that's why this happened and then it would have been a really cool movie um but it it wasn't that but weirdly as a Harry Potter fan I still did enjoy watching it I just didn't know what the fuck was happening Mm, shame real shame yeah it's a bummer that movie's a bummer and then are they going to keep going? Do you think? Like, or is this it? Yeah. Is this, oh, are they finally yeah, yeah, giving up? Yeah, they're going to keep going. Like, they made. I just checked. Like, it, the budget was two hundred million. They've made four hundred and fifty million. They'll oh, keep going. Oh, and then, um, yeah, Mads Mil- Milkinson or whatever Mickelson. that replaced <laughs> Mickelson that replaced Johnny Depp was very good. Good oh, yeah. job. Good I job replacing him. Um, and I don't. I don't want to get into the whole Johnny Depp thing. Like, but. 
I didn't like him anyway as Grindelwald. Like when it was revealed that he was Grindelwald in the first one, I was like, I've seen enough of Johnny Depp being a character actor. Mm. And so I'm happy Mads did a good job. Mickelson, yeah. yeah. I thought Colin Farrell was great. I would have loved to have just to have been Colin Farrell in a different outfit. I know it's a bummer, but he had to do that like face off yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, face off. <laughs> I think Mads Mickelson was an excellent choice as well. And I, yeah, it's true. I wish he would have been brought in from the beginning, but I, I think it's, um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, like trying to make these things as big and complicated as possible. It's like, we got to make these things epic. They got to be epic. The stakes have to be huge. And you know, I think if you remember those first few Harry Potter books, like maybe even all the way until book seven, it's like they weren't epic. They were small. Every one of them told a pretty interesting, kind of small, pretty tight little story. You know, there was lots of things going on, plenty of ins and outs, obviously, that all kind of tied together to make this big whole thing. But they're trying to make like every single movie, this giant epic that like it just doesn't work. And yeah, I feel I- like this this one increased the stakes. And again, like mm-hmm. that's why it kind of brought me like echoes of um prisoner of azkaban because that is kind of the one where the stakes go up because that's right. where spoilers serious dies and everything um so like it was giving me echoes of like this is where we turn from we're the fun look at our little fun creature right. movie, right. this is a more serious thing happening but um, that was there from the start with well. those movies that like they came out of the gate i like these movies should have been just all fun and romp and creatures and it was zero that it was always there's this horrible swirling black smoke monster creature that's gonna like kill a bunch of people like from the start it was so heavy no the first one was really cute and fun and it was just at the end that there it was heaviness Mm. but yes this movie is very like from like the beginning of this movie there's like this is not a spoiler because it's literally in the first five minutes but like a bunch of like little cute little animals die and i was very upset about it for the rest of the movie uh, harry potter one stealing dvds fantastic beast secrets of dumbledore (laughs) wizards in space all right yeah um that's it all about family (laughs) i wanted to thank kirsten i got to this like a week late because last week was so stupidly busy but just today i finally got around to tempo of time and as the youtube title describes it think the soundtrack for the legend of zelda ocarina of time but it's a prog rock concept album and i cannot do (laughs) any better at describing it this way and this is a brilliant core of musicians and and lots of guest musicians reimagining very literally like a prog rock concept album one of the greatest game soundtracks and it is freaking phenomenal it's half an hour i've gone through it twice i started on my third listen before we started this podcast (laughs) it's so good and particularly the guitarist definitely has the love of david gilmore the guitarist from pink floyd no more um obviously than uh going from the battle music which starts out as battle music and then goes to this jazzy little thing um and then kicks right into 
one of these days, which is like a roaring guitar sort of echoing bass, very threatening song from Pink Floyd, the live version of which is my very favorite song in the entire world. Um, wow. They do that. They pay homage to that slide guitar and the threateningness of it and then just go right into Song of Storms. Highly review and recommendation this link in the show notes. Please go click and watch and enjoy it. Cool. Yay, I'm so glad that you liked Thank it. You I, so I had much. a listen to and I I enjoyed it. And I was like, this is this video is for Bud. This oh, is someone somewhere has made it for him. It's amazing. I love it so much. And there's a, a download for the free MP3 of like not ripping YouTube quality. So oh wow. So happy. It's great. All right. Back to Kirsten for Horizon Forbidden West. Oh my gosh, when did I start playing this game? Holy crap, it took me so long to finish it. Um, so this is, I won't say any spoilers, but this is the Thank sequel you. to Horizon Zero Dawn that Bud is playing. You can watch him play it on his Twitch on Sundays sometimes. Yay. Um, it was okay. Um, I, oh. And I say I say that with a grain of that I played 95 hours of this game, so it's not like I didn't like it. Um, but for me, it was very, very, very similar to Horizon Zero Dawn. And so I think I saw someone say to you, but like, don't go right from one game to the other because you need the break. It's really similar. And unfortunately, like a lot of the new weapons and mechanics that they added in it just weren't really well flushed at, fleshed out. Oh. Um, like there, there's a bunch of new weapons and like the weapon system, you can only have like whatever it is, six on your weapon wheel or something like that. And it's just like they don't really ever explain the new weapons. So you don't really know when to use them. And um, in the game, it's really cool because you got, you know, your bows and arrows and your rope ties and your canisters. And it works really well in the first game. And in this game, it's kind of just like a little bit of a mess. So I kind of just stuck with stuck, stuck, <laughs> stuck, stuck. What's the word? Stuck is fine. Stuck with the things stuck, that I, I think is the word you're looking for. Yeah, no. I stuck with the things that stuck. I knew um, <laughs> uh, to take down the machines and stuff. And um, but this is I don't, is a voice actor a spoiler for you? If I tell you, like, it's not a the character is not it shouldn't be a spoiler. But do you not want to know who the voice actors are in this next one? Oh, no, I'd love to know. I mean, I know Ashley Birch is uh, it plays uh, Aloy and like she she came came from she cames. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> cursed <laughs> <in now. laughs> I stuck with the old YouTubes. Uh, she comes from old uh, old timey YouTube and a very popular uh, YouTube series called Hey, Ash, what you playing? And yeah, she parlayed that into a career in video games and is great as Aloy. Who else? Please tell me. OK, so in the second one, you get Carrie Ann Moss. And you also get Angela Bassett. What? That's amazing. Too huge. Plays an elder, I'm sure. uh, Voice actors in this. Um, So really good, you know, voice acting and everything. But it's just, yeah, I mean, I I played 90 hours of it, but I was a little bit underwhelmed and. um, (sighs) Not enough new. I I have one thing that I want to say that might be a spoiler to you. So maybe cover yours for just one sec. They set it, it's one of those stupid games. They set it up for a trilogy. There's going to be three of them. No. So it's like the end of the game is like, wait for the next game. Okay, now Bud can come back. Wow, what a spoiler that I did not listen to. Yeah. <laughs> I should have yeah, done one so, of those. Anyway, what? But- <laughs> and then the- My next game, if anybody is curious, because again, yes. that took me how no, how knows how long had it do. 
I love uh, Tipsy Kirsten. This is great. Clap okay. some points. Uh, no, um, I'm going to play a game called The Quarry, stops. which is like the um, spiritual predecessor to Until Dawn. The, the vampire like kind of one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a horror movie playthrough. It's got um, who's uh, who's the guy that was Dewey Cox that was married to John C. Riley. Right. No, not no Dewey. The, the from Scream. That one. <laughs> That's David Arquette. David Arquette. Ah, David there Arquette is a voice actor in this one, um, and it's like a horror. <laughs> Does, I know where thing. you got Co- Courtney Cox. <laughs> yeah, Dewey Cox. His character and Courtney Cox oh together. And Dewey Cox. Wow. That's what I'm going to play next. I just have to buy it. But Ted Raimi's yeah. in the quarry. Who? Ted Raimi, Bro- oh, brother really? brother of Sam Raimi. Oh, cool. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Very excited to play. I really liked Inter- Until Dawn. It's just like a fun fun game so yeah the trailers for it look great yeah uh, okay who's watched the boys who's watched some of the boys i've watched but i've only watched three episodes i think so uh, Brian, okay, you watched the first spoil. okay no we okay should, I, what I'm, we should I, do is um when this because there's one more episode next week and that's the thing that really surprised me is realizing just today that there's only one more episode. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about it after. But we should, yeah, we should, at, when it's done, then have a full-on spoiler chat. Yes, yes. But uh, I watched the uh, this latest episode before, uh, I guess it was on Friday or Saturday. Maybe it was like the Saturday before I went over to Lake Town. And every second line, I was laughing i was cackling it's the dialogue is so freaking good in this uh i still can't believe how i did not know until recently that this is like seth rogan yeah i i don't know how i've watched what is this season three season three yeah and not and not known seth rogan and evan goldberg yeah great tv series i love it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i i just i just want to address one thing um yeah first off i literally in my head I'm on episode five, but no, the first three episodes dropped. So those were, those just feel like one episode to me, but mm-hmm. no, we're on episode, like what just finished was mm-hmm. episode seven of eight. And that's it for the series. And it has gone by way too fast for me. I, again, am really enjoying this series. Um, what's interesting though, is the promotion that they had specifically for episode six, which is called Hero Gasm. And they're all about like, oh, it's so much, it's so shy. I didn't find it all that much of anything. That's all I want to say about it. It was like, there was something, but it wasn't all that. Yeah, no, that's all. But yes, very much looking forward <laughs> to a full series spoiler chat after next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to Kirsten for Stranger Things. Oh, back to me. Okay, who has seen the last two episodes of Stranger Things that dropped on July first? No one. Not me. I have. Oh, Brian has. Okay, yeah. so I will do a not spoilery version, and Brian can too. Bud, have you watched this season at all? This season? Nope. 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 Oh. Oh. Okay. okay well. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm okay. not gonna. I won't do any spoilers because we can wait for Art and Paul and everybody to catch up sure. because it would be great to talk spoilers i'd like that um but uh yeah really enjoyed the season the, the only thing i have to say about that last episode uh, brian is here i'm gonna go what's the runtime again it was two and a half hours i was so excited though to watch it like here's me mm-hmm. person james that i'm like oh yeah two and a half hours of stranger things buckle in i am so ready to watch this it did not need to be two and a half hours long. Oh like it, boy. It was it was a big 
Yeah, it was two hours with a, like a maybe a twenty to twenty three minute epilogue. I thought. Wow. Oh wow. Well, even then, like I felt like it could have at l- at least been cut to two hours. Yeah. Um, like there was some, and it wasn't like a pacing thing. Like we, you know, like where. Oh, you know, they're taking the emotion out if they cut it or anything like that. It was just like a lot of, I don't know. It it was a bit too long. And like, again, I'm not spoiling, but there is like in the big, like denouement of it, there's like a battle going on and something happens in one of the battles that like takes out a few of the characters for a little bit. But that taking out of the characters, I swear, lasts like 20 minutes. And what is happening is something that should be deadly within three. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just like the, it's not that the pacing is bad. Well, it's because I was like, bored. it seemed like yeah. to, in that moment for them, that may have just been three minutes. But for us, because we kept coming back to them, it was like, yeah. is this happening to them for 20 friggin' minutes? Like, I, I, and, and like my disconnect there, I was like, I was trying to like maybe put an inception spin on it. And I was like, maybe the time in the upside down works different. I don't know. Yeah. But like, that's not, it was, that's not it was thing. for effect. Right. Cause everything kind of had to crescendo at the same time but that dilemma that those crew got themselves into yeah it really wasn't a dilemma that probably for them happened very very long it was just like yeah oh shit that was crazy kind of thing um (laughs) you know i tried to say something without spoiling it um but yeah and and i think i have to kind of go back and analyze the episode a little bit more and maybe i'll do that because we're not going to talk about it in spoilers but it didn't i think maybe the reason why it felt long is because it was two and a half hours of an episode that didn't really follow a three-act structure like most television episodes or movies do because like the the first like hour and a half long episode was to set up you know the the big kind of um action thing that they're going to get like the the big plan right so right. then they're they're starting the plan and then the plan doesn't really follow a three act structure it's just go 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 but it's go 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 for two and a half hours which will make it feel a little long because there's no sort of like you, you don't really have any portions of the story that really wrap itself up within the, that two and a half hours it's just one big arc right and i also want to i saw the duffer brothers say in an interview that so season five is going to be the last season mm-hmm. they said that from the beginning who knows if this is true or not but from the beginning they've always written it as five seasons which i respect because after yeah. watching what I, what was it nine seasons of lost where they had no idea where they, where were, they going. were going yeah. <laughs> i'm glad that they had a you know a start and finish to it but i read the duffer brothers say the other day that the end of season five is going to have like i quote a return of the king's like ending and I was like, um, excuse me, Defer Brothers, doesn't everyone fucking complain about the end of The Return of the King? Because it just goes on and on and on yeah. and never ends. Yeah, it which, seven which one do you mean? Which, like, which return? thing. Yeah, which ending of Return of the King? Because there's like, that's the thing about it is there's like seven endings of that movie. That's what I mean. And they're saying it like it's a good thing. Like, yeah. oh, it's going to be like Return of the King. I'm like, that 
And you that, know nobody says that in a good way. And you know what's <laughs> kind of a shame. And I don't want to say this like like um, set up your guys' expectations that this is a bad like last two episodes. I actually I really enjoyed it. And there are moments where I'm like, oh, like like yeah. I reacted to a lot of moments in this uh, episode. But the, yeah, the the shame of it was is that like this last episode kind of had a bit of a return of the king type ending yes. where it's just like uh-huh. uh, we gotta wrap up everyone's stories and let's give them a good five minutes or so right so yes. we go on we we go to every single character there's like a lot of characters and there's a lot of characters that you like and you want to see their stories wrap up but yeah you're they give that to you and <laughs> you know whether whether you like it or not and that it feel it felt like a long ending Yes. Um, But I feel like 100% confirmed, even though not confirmed in the show yet, my caboose from, I don't know, like five years ago or whenever season two came out about Will Byers being gay, 100% gay. Haven't confirmed it. He hasn't said the words, but I'm I'm about to get that caboose at some point. I feel so bad that like that scene which was like the there's a conversation that he has and that scene was so powerful yet the big meme that's going around is his fucking bowl cut oh yeah <laughs> see that there's <laughs> yeah. like there's like a there's a meme going around of his scene where he's just like like trying to like cover up himself crying in the car and then there's like a, uh the next picture in the meme is like Mike's point of view and somebody took a close up shot of their finger with like a wig <laughs> it looks like a bulk because he's got the ugliest haircut, haircut. <laughs> he's like um, he's such a good actor though that guy that plays well Oh, yeah, really good. And it's so interesting to think, like, in the first season, like, he's not really in it, right? Like, Mm. he's not really one of the crew because he's in the Upside Down the entire time. Yeah. So it's interesting, like, in the seasons after that, that he's had to, you know, bond with the other kids who really bonded in that first season. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, anyway, I still really enjoyed it. Definitely didn't need to be two and a half hours. I kind of am, like... Why couldn't the series have ended? But I'll put my trust in the Duffer Brothers because I think this season was great. Like, it's funny it was though because like enjoyable. six months, six to eight months down the road, because of the way that these episodes come out, we're when we start hearing about the next season of Stranger Things, we're probably going to be back in our Aronson mode of do we need this? Because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we'll have forgotten about uh, yeah. everything already. So. All right. Did anyone happen to see episode one of season four of Westworld? Wait, stop. We were going to talk about the um, Metallica. Sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is that spoilery? I think um, you can say it not a spoiler. I guess it's, you can well, say it not a spoiler. Eddie plays the guitar. It's, it's, yeah, it's in a trailer of Eddie playing the guitar in the Upside Down. Um, and the headline is Metallica, respond to Stranger Things, Master of Puppets scene. Here's what I think about this song. It's like Kate Bush's song is like a old gem Mm -hmm. dug up from the 80s that nobody remembers unless Mm -hmm. you were, you know, there. Like Mark loves to tell me how big of a hit it was at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Metallica's Master of Puppets is not that. Don't you? Is that just me? Doesn't everybody know that song? Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And it was a great, it's a great scene. Like it's Eddie plays like Again, I will not spoil it, but he plays the guitar. He plays Master of Puppets. It's really cool, too, because um, I think if you read the article, it's like the 
bass guitarist from Metallica's son. Son, yeah, actually performing. Yeah, that's really cool. On the track, yeah, that's a great. Is providing the the guitar on that, and like another cool thing that they said was like from the promo in the promo video, you you can't hear what song it is, but people could tell from the the position on the frets and everything mm-hmm. what he was playing. Um, but uh, like that Kate Bush song is just like a dug up gem, and I feel like Master of Puppets. Like it's a great, it's a great song, it's a great scene. But like I'm like I don't need Metallica to make another two million dollars from Master of Puppets. Like <laughs> this is a, you know. But but it 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 fits with Eddie's character. It fits yeah, that, that if would he, be something that he would be playing. If he had like a guitar and was going do 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 that would have been a little less impactful. Yes. <laughs> yes. So okay, listen to this though. Did you hear this? Um, so our friend Jeremy Baker used to be on the zone yeah. and is now the host of the morning show of our best friend radio station in Vancouver, the peak. Yeah. Uh, so he did this tweet on June 30th. Okay. So before this oh. new episodes dropped, he says the stranger things soundtrack is curious, a show that features a bunch of long haired dungeons and dragons playing white nerd boys and not a single Metallica jam. Oh, oh putting an F for Caboose A Baker Caboose there, right? Wow. How funny is that that he called that so majestically? So great. But I also agree, Chris, I'm not gonna do without. <laughs> and like Dylan was complaining about this morning, we can't add it into rotation because it's like fucking eight minutes long. I know. <laughs> yeah. And we played it today. No, Jen he, and I played oh, it. Oh, you played it. Yeah, Jen and I played you, it. You guys played Master of Puppets? Yeah, we played the full eight minutes and you know, we got a lot of righteous rock horn emojis from two different guys named Chad. I swear to God. Oh my I swear stars. to God. I should, <laughs> we should, lots of emojis. And then if, I don't know if Chad's got a burner phone that he still has his name on or it's a different Chad, but right after a different amount of emojis. Dude, you should have screenshot that. That's a meme. <laughs> I know. I know. It was so good. And and Jen and I both, like, we we're just sitting there waiting for it to be over. We're just like, this song does not need to be this long. <laughs> Just like the episode. Just like the episode. But, I mean, there's something quite righteous about an eight-minute song, so great. And it was cool. And, like, again, Duffer Brothers, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they make us care about a character or characters that they Mm. have just introduced this season when we have many other characters to care about. But holy shit, that two new characters that they introduced this season. I mean, great. You're talking about Eddie and Argyle? Pardon? Eddie and Argyle? Yeah, and Argyle, yeah. like like yeah. like they 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 should write a master class on character development and like making you care about somebody in two minutes. Like really? I don't know yeah. how they do it, but yeah. both great fucking characters. It's not too surprising because you said that to me too today, Brian, that that they did that so wonderfully in this season. But I mean, mm-hmm. I think we all were we're real into the characters in the first season too. I mean, it's, it's a riskier thing to do and it's more, certainly more rarely done to introduce brand new characters and make you fall in love with them in the last season of something. Mm-hmm. But, but they, they did, did it a, last season with Maya Hawk. Yes, with, they did with Robin. Yeah. That's right. So like, like they're clearly so good at that. And honestly, I think it's a pretty smart maneuver too. If you can do it as skillfully as they can keep doing it and you well, keep things really fresh by doing that. I think it's an old, sort of thing that people used to be good at but now because of sequelitis like right we're so bad uh, at like and we're so wanting to always get that continuation of the character we know that's right and it's right? safe and it's yeah. easy yeah that's very true actually 
who saw the first episode of season four of Stranger Th- or, uh, Stranger Things. Jeez, Westworld. I didn't. Yeah, I bet that's nobody. Okay. No. Um, no. We're going we? to finish with uh, Ms. Marvel. And I I know that there have been, uh, you know, a little bit of watchability issues from a, like, sort of a grand, wide audience. You know, like, I'm loving Ms. Marvel. I'm loving all the little cultural references and everything. There are, however, at times that as a whole package, as a grand, you know, like, full show, I'm finding a bit of pacing issues with it. I find it a little slow at times. I find myself, like, distracted or whatnot. Not for one second during this first Westworld, uh, this first episode of season four of Westworld, did I wow. find myself disengaged wow. in any way. Wow. Okay. Um, and again, maybe I impress easy, but you know, I, I just said that was it was e- So it was easier to follow? No. Almost. Almost. Honestly. <laughs> there, are, there are some flippity, snappity, flashybacky things that. But you were make engaged, you go, hmm. though. You but were in engaged general. the whole time. Yeah. There's a I lot of nudity. They, Sorry? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I was like, is there a lot of nudity? <laughs> oh, no, there's no, I don't think there's any nudity uh, at all. Because, yeah, no. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing, right? Like, you see, you, you you compare it back to episode one, and everybody signed their contracts, and then the show got huge. And then I'm sure in the renegotiation, people are like, less of that nudity, please, less mm. of this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Oh, yeah. for sure. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's, um, uh, I'm, oh, I'm just as into it as I hoped I would be. I can't wait to talk more about it with y'all, but for now, episode, I believe, six of eight of Ms. Marvel, go. Poo-poo. No, four, right? There's only four, right? Oh, four I... of six? Sorry, yes, maybe that's right. Okay. I've only seen three, but I will say, because I forgot I didn't talk about this because there was no podcast last week, um, is that I'm definitely enjoying it more. I have not seen the fourth episode, but the third episode I really liked. I love all the cultural things in it. It it is so fun. Um, I think that they do it really well. I think, did I have this conversation, I think, on the podcast about her wearing the, the, the hijab? I think you did touch on that. Yeah, because she's doing it for herself, right? Yeah. She's not doing it because of her friend or anything. She's doing uh, it to own it. Nakia. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember if I just talked about it in Slack or here, but yeah, um, that's like, so I did come around from my, like, not hate, but like kind of disinterested in the first episode. I would have Um, to say it was a pretty specific appeal, especially on that first episode. And it's, it widened out, mm -hmm. which is maybe Um, not the way you want to go. The first, the fourth episode though. um, Good. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Oh, but yeah, yeah, a I'm, lot. I, I think a lot happened. Even though there was the whole wedding thing, I still think a lot happened in this uh, in this episode and uh, new locales and a bunch of new culture things. And uh, yeah, Brian. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. Never mind. What I just remembered. I was going to ask you because you were like, "Oh, there's a lot of like long term." Okay, here's my question for you. I saw an article on a different Geek Out podcast thing that I will not mention. (laughs) Um, And it was all about, they were thinking about the gin and attaching the gin to Miss Marvel. And that's not a normal comic story, is it? The gin? Yeah. Oh, isn't it? Is that that the normal Miss Marvel origin story thing? No, not at all. No, No, it's uh, it's quite the departure. Made for TV. Um, yeah, this is made just for the the MCU because Ms. Ms. Marvel was an Inhuman, um, so what? her DNA was passed down from the Kree. Um, 
but they're finding some way. I don't know if they're they are because like if if we go back to the uh, the previous episode, there is like the the bangle found on the blue hand, right? Um, and I thought, yeah, what's the blue? Yeah, what's that? Well, I thought the blue hand meant like that's that was like the dead hand, like the dead body of a Cree, you know, because like a lot of the Cree that makes sense. Like in, in that's Captain what Marvel, Johnny thought too. Yeah. Um, so and it still could be there still could be ties to the Cree because like the Cree technically came to Earth thousands of years ago. Um, but yeah, all of this stuff, it seems like and I, I think that that's where we were talking about in the last uh, pod episode. Um, episode three is really where they started to, you know, like in that and then in that week that episode three was rev- was uh, released. Kevin Feige had done an interview saying that in the coming weeks and months, the the little connections for phase four, you like you don't think that we have a plan, but you'll start to see that we have a plan in phase four and how all of these things connect, right? All of the uh, the ten rings logo in the cave and and, yeah, and all this other wild. stuff, like connections to there'll be connections to like the Eternals and all that kind of stuff, um, and and even Captain Marvel. So yeah, we're we're starting to see that now, but they in order to sort of fit that, and I think this is because they sort of canceled the Inhumans in the MCU, right? That because of that failed ABC show, uh, they've sort of switched up the origin story a little bit with uh, uh, with Ms. Marvel for you know the MCU and adapted her a little bit differently. And I think right now, I think it's for the better because I like the look of her powers, whereas I can't, you know, see her with those sort of Mr. Fantastic powers where she can stretch her arms and make her fist giant. To, you know, I much to, prefer this adaptation of how they've done it. Yeah. Well, and then everything sort of makes sense, right? Where she's like, she has the ability, sort of like the original Marvel, uh, because of these, the, the bangle to turn, um, I guess light into like a physical property. So yeah, I think it works. Well, again, two more episodes of this one and uh, we'll be doing a lot of uh, end of series uh, spoilery recaps once they're, uh, once they're through, but for now, anything else for the pod? We're all going to go see Thor on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thursday. 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 Now, we'll review and recommendation next week. Yeah. Before we do that, so Kirsten, I think you passed along something today and preliminary reviews not so hot for this Thor movie. Is that what we're thinking here? Or just they're not as glowing as one might expect based on all the hype coming off of Ragnarok? I think a little bit of both Um, what I've seen and I haven't tried to read them because I don't want spoilers. I don't want like expectations. Mm. I only trust Brian when it comes Ah. to movie reviews. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I'm seeing from headlines only, I am only reading the headlines is that it's a bit of a mess tonally. Okay. Like it's trying to be funny. It's trying to be a romance. It's trying to be a a very serious drama or something. And and that is what I've read is that tonally it's a bit of a mess. Hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll yep. see. On Thursday. Thursday. All right, Kirsten James, where will we find you on the internet? Oh, yes, at Kirsten.james. Wonderful. Paul. At Paul Blastino. Brian. 
thezone.fm slash, slash or dash slash, slash. DJ Boitano <laughs> dash <laughs> last time you saw hey, the, the, just the episode the where you got your intro right now you're mucking up your extra yeah. uh, oh wait that was a phone number I was giving <laughs> uh, right you don't say the dash nobody says the dash number. and phone numbers P.S. okay wait, I used to when I first learned phone numbers I used to say ba 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 dash ba ba no ba. you didn't what I, I don't know That's no I was, I did was, anybody else say bop 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 dash bop 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 like 250-555-4321 no because before there was no 250 before before so 555-4321 yeah i used to do that no when i was a kid i was a kid that's when i was first learning phone numbers that's that's adorable adorable (laughs) i'm webmeister bud on as paul recited from memory on my mixtape day last week youtube instagram tiktok and twitch Uh, Uh, this has been the zones geek out podcast episode 195 thank you so much for listening Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner. Also, Paul strikes me as the type of phone number reader from back in the day that used to go, ba 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 ba, or whatever. Four seven eight six. Team 32. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Jenny, definitely, I taught her, so she doesn't ask me to read out the phone numbers anymore because I always do like this. I'm like, 2D7324. Oh, God, no. <laughs> You're one of those idiots who, as a kid, broke a dish or 12 to, to get out of doing dishes. Yeah. You're just making it annoying so you, she doesn't ask you to read numbers anymore. Five to one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Subversive son of a buck. Teen third. Yeah. Third, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Call us on the zone phone at 4750. <laughs> 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 91. The three. worst. 47. <laughs> 5D. 913. 5D. Yeah, 4750913. Great. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. Terrible. It's, it's fun, though. It's an inside joke oh. now.